0: Welcome to You Plus Me Equals RP, a podcast dedicated to all those spunky and creative RPers out there. Every week, I'll scour the internet and bring to you some of the very best storylines and roleplay groups out there who are in need of sharing, or even profiles that are in need of filling. From written roleplay, tabletop, and even LARPing. Maybe you're stuck inside and need something to do. Well, I, Helen Kirsch, will be here to help you with that. Last week, I spent some time talking about my past with Rping and some of the things that got me started. I mentioned my stint with Yahoo Groups and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer emailing drama that happened. I didn't just want to leave that story hanging because I'm sure some of you are wondering what exactly happened and what had caused the cops to become involved. And it's Actually, really uninteresting, and especially when I think about it now. But at the time, I was 14 or 15, so it was actually a really big deal. So I was writing in this group as a Slayer for a few weeks, giving posts about some of the things that were supposedly going on in the area, blah, blah, blah. After a bit, I stopped posting, and then I switched to my Watcher persona, going onto the site saying that my Slayer had gone missing. I mean, it's, it's not an original idea, but it did spice things up in the group a bit. I would go on as the watcher, saying I was covering the usual area with no sign of my slayer. And this went on for days. The other players were expressing their concerns, saying that they would keep an eye out for any news or information. It was very typical. Then one day after school, I get a phone call from someone who claimed to be a detective. He was explaining to me that someone from the group was concerned and generally thought that someone was missing. Apparently, he took my email address to track down my phone number my location, I I don't really know the specifics of how he got my information, but he knew enough about the storyline that it scared the crap out of me. When we hung up, I went right to the email, wrote this long note to everyone in the group, explaining to them what happened and the person who was apparently responsible. I was pretty upset and I was really embarrassed and I actually felt really betrayed. The moderator kicked the girl out, even though she apologized, didn't realize that it was just RP. I don't know what kind of mental thing this girl was going through, but I didn't actually end up going back to that forum and I don't even know what happened to any of them after that. Uh, You can kind of understand why I wouldn't. (laughs) But uh, anyway, up next I'll get into some of the lingo of RP and what it all really means. I wanted to touch base a bit on what written roleplay is. I talked a bit about board games, but most people know what that is and I even explained what LARPing was with some history. I kind of skipped over explaining what written roleplay is for those that are just tuning in. Written roleplay often involves creating a profile, sometimes on Facebook, Twitter, or places like roleplayer.me. These profiles represent your character and you use them to contact other roleplayers to discuss the storyline. Once a story is agreed upon, one will often leave a starter to another. The starter kind of kicks things off. This is often a setup for the story that the two have discussed. The person may decide what their character is doing, where they are, or what leads them to a point where the other role player can jump in. A response to this is often sent. Uh, the other role player will often respond in kind with what their character is doing, saying where they are, etc., etc. These don't actually have to be in any kind of particular order. I've had role plays that started days before and then the person responded with a present day situation. Or they may even start their response in a bad situation and explain how they got to that point. It's all relative and really up to the role players themselves. This will often go back and forth until the RPers will complete their storyline. I honestly only remember completing a few storylines this way, and most of them were in blogs with groups. I hope this clarifies a little bit. Uh, If you have any questions, please contact me at rp at Um, gmail.com. Everything's actually spelled out. So uh, that or contact me on roleplayer.me, and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Last week, I talked a little bit about literacy and the tiers that many RPers may classify themselves into. I did want to note something specifically about literacy and those who may struggle with making themselves understood during their writing. Whenever someone sends me a response or a post, they usually follow up with a message of, I hope it's okay. I've always been the type to be honest with someone if the comment or whatever isn't okay. I'm not rude about it, but I am generally really polite and let them know if I'm having a hard time understanding what is happening in the storyline. Uh, usually this is like a request for more clarification on specific parts. Like I said, there's no reason to be rude to someone if you don't understand what their post is saying. It's actually a great way to help someone become better. Not everyone will be open to constructive criticism. I can think of a few times people stopped replying or even responding to me. Some have even blocked me or deleted me from their friends list. Not that it matters now because I don't remember who those people are, but I'm sure they probably remember me. I actually have a friend who has applied for role play groups and was denied in the past. The groups gave them constructive criticism on how to become better, so that they could reapply and become accepted and that's exactly what happened. Because someone told my friend that they needed to get better, they worked on their writing to improve. If no one had said anything, they wouldn't have thought anything was wrong. I think one of the key things people forget to do is to reread their work again. I mean, I'm not talking about skimming or browsing, but actually reading. But you know, even better, reading it out loud. I can't tell you how many run-on sentences and abstract words I've come across that didn't sound right when I was reading something out loud. And most importantly, use a program that shows you that you misspelled words and that your grammar's bad. Seeing it highlighted in blue or red can really make you take notice of what you're doing or if it's too much. And this kind of brings me into another area of written roleplay I want to touch on a bit. Perspective. There are different ways people often write their characters. You may be familiar with this when reading anything. There are different ways of speaking and getting your point across. You just have to know how to do it. I wanted to briefly touch on the different types of perspective. First person is all about the internal thoughts of a single person. Some people may jump around, especially in novels. Usually when you're role playing, you just want to stick to that one character that you've chosen. Obviously, there are some exceptions. MCRPs or multiple character RP profiles are more common than you might realize some will take a single profile and turn it into multiple characters in order to rp with multiple people in multiple worlds very much like those characters that are vampire werewolf witch hybrid pirate mutants and honestly sometimes the list of that character pedigree is longer than even that again that's strictly up to the rp and those who want to write with them and want to do that i personally don't partake in this kind of roleplay because it just i don't know how to handle all of that i don't know which character i'm talking to at any given point i don't know I don't know. It's hard to talk to somebody who is so immortal or so all-powerful with all these different gifts. It doesn't really make much fun to roleplay for me, anyway. But anyway, I digress. All right, sticking to one character, in first person, right? I very rarely see first-person perspective when I've roleplayed, and I've only done it one time on one character in my entire history of roleplay. I played Triss from Divergent a year or so before Allegiant was released. I had just read the first two books and I wanted to pick up from the second book because you know it was interesting. If anyone has ever read the Divergent series you'll know that the book is written entirely in first person like Twilight books so you can kind of understand why I wanted to write Triss in the first person. I wanted it to feel like someone was reading a bit from the book. If you could stay away from a lot of the I statements when writing in first person, and it can actually flow very smoothly. uh, As an example, the train was pulling around the bend. The brakes were squealing in protest. Whoever was driving had been going a little too fast, or maybe they saw something up ahead that caused them to slow down. I braced myself against the door bending my knees enough that the impact when I hit the ground wouldn't cause any damage. This had become second nature to me. Easy, actually. It's hard to think back on the memory of the past, my initiation with Capture the Flag, and now seeing it with new eyes. It felt like a completely different person lived through everything, someone who was naive and innocent compared to the hardened risk-taker I was now. Perhaps Tobias had noticed something, too. He seemed to have been distant with me up until he saw the video. It wasn't until then that he figured out that my actions weren't necessarily fueled to defy orders, but to find something and enlighten our small world. The train rounded the bend, and I steadied myself for a moment before launching myself out of the door. My feet hit the ground, and I continued walking as though I had merely stepped from one sidewalk to another. It was dark here. A cool breeze was blowing from the west, and I was suddenly grateful I was wearing a jacket. The winter had started sooner this year. The light snow had fallen earlier in the day and was sticking to the ground, causing my breath to be visible in the dim light. The sky was clear now. The moon was lighting my path as I moved steadily along. Ahead, I could see the carousel, and my eyes were instantly brought upward to the top of the Ferris wheel. I wrote this so long ago that I almost cringe to reread it again. Naive and innocent is right. Okay, anyway, you can see that I had the I statements, they're absolutely there, it is from Triss's perspective as she travels back to the same place where her initiation was. There are thoughts mixed in with her own observations, but everything is much more internalized than someone writing from a third-person perspective. A third-person perspective is the most common and the way that most RPers write. You've already seen a sample of this in the, the last episode, and I'll be reading a sample from another wonderful RPer in the next segment when I talk about an open group looking for members. You also want to be careful when writing in this perspective. In the same way that you can get caught up using a lot of I or me statements in the first-person perspective, you can have this happen a lot with he, she, they in the third-person perspective. You don't want to become redundant and you'll often have to shake it up with starting a sentence creatively. There is another perspective, which is the second-person perspective. Our peers don't tend to use this perspective because it deals in the you or your pronoun. In this case, you're writing for the other person. It may sound something like, you remember what it was like to feel this way on the first day of school? As you can see, it's too much like writing for another person. That's one of the key no-no's of any RP. You don't write for another person. A good RPer won't force another character to do something that the other writer may not have wanted for their character. Avoid the second person perspective when RPing. That's all I have for perspectives this week. Next week, I'll probably take some time to talk more about RPing Etiquette. As promised, I'm stepping away from my own personal profiles in Roleplay Entertainment to talk about a newer group on the scene. Just a quick disclaimer, this group does have action, drama, and general mature content and themes. I am not responsible for anyone getting approved or denied by any group or profile if you do apply. It is strictly up to the owners and moderators of any of these groups that are presented. I had the wonderful opportunity to speak to lovely Ophelia and Arian about their group Mystic Hollow. They currently have 13 members. Now, there are usually two different kinds of groups that you come across when you're looking to join something. One group will have a list of set characters and face claims or actors already chosen for those characters. Sometimes they're negotiable, sometimes they're set on that particular face because they work with another character, which is completely understandable. Another group may be completely open for you to create your own characters or bring your own, as long as you follow a list of set guidelines that the group provides. They encourage people to bring your own in this group, or make your own character for this particular one. Um, A lot of our peers do prefer this way because it can make it easier for you to love your character more and you sometimes even feel more comfortable portraying that character because you have more say in what they are and what what they do. One of the things I'm a stickler for personally is how a group sometimes encourages participation. Um, This one, Mystic Hollow, encourages one-on-one storylines with other people in the group requesting that you have at least three active connections for each character that you write. And they also do blog storylines as well, where they'll include like NPCs or non-playable characters in those scenes that kind of push the character's development along. Of course, these scenes do include action and drama that kind of push it through. So you have to be prepared for that. There are groups too that will sometimes even kill characters off. So you kind of get attached to a character and they get killed off. So it is... Very dramatic, um, very much like watching a soap opera in some cases, but that you get to participate in. But anyway, these blogs are set up like chapters in a book for Mystic Hollow. Each chapter will have parts that dictate who is writing where. So in some cases, a character can be in multiple parts of any chapter. They'll set up breakdowns of how the scene will play out and any other information you might need to know. So like as an example that they give, um, chapter one, part one, vampires. So, this part will include any character who writes as a vampire. In this scene, Malik, one of the NPCs, the first to become a vampire, an evil and vicious once king, is missing his right-hand man who had been taken captive by werewolves. The outlines they provide will break down the scene and give writers multiple turns to react to the scenario in a particular order, allowing them to respond to each other's posts. Which is why they often turn to Discord when they've posted, announcing to the group who may be next. It's important to note that some of the best things about joining any group, and certainly this one, is that many of these groups are made up of some of the most talented and hardworking people. And this one is absolutely one of those groups. Ophelia and Arian mentioned how passionate and creative their members were and how eager they are to write with others and each other. They do sometimes socialize on Discord, but they are all continuously writing and creating with each other. I wanted to share with you the synopsis of their group. Mystic Hollow is an enchanted realm where all types of magical creatures reside. Our story begins 4,000 years ago when a greedy and curious king sought the legends of Fae and the mis- mystical powers they offered to anyone that consumed their blood. Upon this discovery, he unknowingly became the first major vampire, sparking a fire throughout the kingdom to discover more of the magic that hides throughout the Sordilage Forest. When people of all species begin to go missing, everyone could not help but to blame each other, pointing fingers at the vampires, the merfolk, the magics, etc. Who is behind these strange disappearances, and what does it mean for the people of Mystic Hollow? I'm actually looking into them myself for a profile. Um, I can't actually help but fall in love with the fantasy-type RPGs, and that's one of the hardest parts of this right now is to not go crazy with applying for profiles and all these wonderful groups that I've been looking into. Um, I'm going to be presenting another group next week that I was actually I was actually a part of, and um, I'll talk about that one next week. But there's some amazing profiles, and this is actually one of them that I was looking into. Um, Arian sent me a bit of his own writing to share with you as well, and I'm going to read that for you right now, and it's wonderful. and. Another disclaimer as well for this one, Uh, the following does contain mature language and adult sexual content that may not be suitable for children under 13. If you have little ones listening, you might want to turn it off or pause it until you have a moment to yourself. It's wonderfully written, but I don't want anyone to be upset by this. Arian looked around Sudolidj with a burdened sigh. Every night he came out here while his guard was sleeping and did a little bit of hunting. He mostly fed on animals to satiate his appetite. But he did have one maid in the castle that he had compelled to be his continual dinner. He felt awful about it, but he couldn't trust anyone. His secret was a big one, and Coralia had made him promise that he wouldn't tell anyone, namely because the risk was too high. Even he knew that if word got out about what he was that the kingdom would crumble apart. It didn't matter how much he wanted to help it, or that he had a popularity with the people. If they knew he was a vampire, he would be out, forced to be banished back to Rijin Castle, and it was a place he was doing his best to avoid. It's not like he wanted to betray Malik, but he saw a better way than what his friend did. Malik was so blinded by hate and his thirst for revenge that he couldn't think of anyone but himself. He put his own glory and comfort even above his own people, alienating luminaire vampires, and Arian couldn't stand for it any longer. You've tasted a unicorn. I can smell it on you. The voice was soft but accusing, and Arian recognized it well. He turned around to see Corellia standing there. "'I didn't kill it,' he explained. "'I gave it some of my blood to heal it when I was through.' Her lips pursed into a smile. "'I know, but you're not supposed to hunt them.' Arian let out a wistful sigh. "'Corellia, I'm hungry. I only feed off of Anastasia twice a week, and it's not enough to keep me strong. I need to be able to harness my gifts without faltering if I'm going to run this kingdom. She's not recovering fast enough from the blood loss.' "'My tinctures aren't doing much in the way of helping her. "'I'm trying to play by your rules, but I need to eat.' "'She took a few steps closer to him "'as she reached out and touched his face. "'He got this picture of a dark-haired woman in his mind. "'Her body was beautiful. "'She had full, pert breasts "'and an untamed bush between her legs. "'He was buried inside of her, "'but he wasn't able to see her face. "'Arian jerked back from the image with a gasp, "'feeling a sexual prowess spike. "'What the hell was that?' He asked her, completely in shock of what she had revealed to him. She had never done anything like that before. I'm not sure. Someone you can trust, though. I can feel it. He regarded her for a moment. She didn't have the length of hair that this woman was, otherwise he would have thought it was her. He didn't know for certain, but he got the feeling that Coralia had feelings for him. Perhaps he would have returned them if they could spend more time together. She was a remarkable woman, and a magic, that deserved respect and admiration both of which he gave her freely. Had it not been for her, he wouldn't be in the place that he was, and he was thankful that it was away from the vampires, at least for now. "'I'll bear that in mind, thank you,' I think,' he said, his brow furrowing as he thought about the mystery woman again. He hadn't made love to a woman in ages, something he forgot if he remembered all the mechanisms and thought made him chuckle. "'What's so funny?' Crowley inquired, but he just shook his head. "'Nothing. I should be getting back.' "'As always, it's been a pleasure.' Arian grasped her hand, placing a kiss on the back of it as he bid her adieu. He was quick to make his way back to the other side of the forest and up to the castle. When one of his men approached him about taking a journey to town, he shook his head. "'Later, Amachite, I must bathe and rest. Perhaps tomorrow is a better day to go interact with the people. But for now, I need some time off. "'Have the servants fed?' he asked. He wanted to make sure everyone had their families living inside the castle were taken care of. "'I believe so, Your Majesty.' He gave a bow before Arian thanked him and ascended the stairs to the top floor of the castle. When he got to his quarters, he shrugged out of his clothes, admiring the view of Worm Mountain from his balcony and the snow that always clung to the top of it since it was up so high. Manticores liked to live on that mountain, and it was a good hunting ground for him because they ran rampant. Their blood, however, wasn't as potent as that of the unicorn. He headed into his bathroom and looked at the tub that one of his servants had poured hot water into and eagerly settled down into the billowing steam. He tipped his head back and wasn't sure when he fell asleep, but he managed to, his thoughts completely consumed by the image of that woman who was enraptured and clinging to his muscular arms. The creak of the door is what alerted him, his eyes flying open as his crystal hues met an unfamiliar face. Her long, raven hair tumbled down her shoulders as the cleaning bucket slipped from her fingers. It clattered with a loud echo as she reached down to put the bristled brush back in, her lips forming a quick, embarrassed apology. "'Arian couldn't bring himself to answer her "'because he was too enamored with her tresses, "'finding them strikingly familiar to the vision "'he had just been given that morning. "'She lost the soap next as she crawled to grab it, "'lifting her head only to meet his gaze again "'as she dropped her supplies a second time. "'Arian couldn't help but crack a smile. "'Watching the water slosh around the stone floor, as "'she scrambled on her hands and knees. "'When she got to her feet, "'he saw her gaze go right between his legs "'in the murky warm water "'as the bar of soap slipped between her hands.' ricocheting across the wall on the other side she started dropping rags on the puddled floor as she uttered another apology you have nothing to apologize for really he pressed watching as she tried to get up and then faltered her weight buckled under her legs as she fell forward he saw her hand reaching for her ankle and he started to get up from the tub the water sloshed around him dripping down his body as he stepped outside onto the rug she had there forgive my impropriety he told her as he reached for a towel. He wrapped it around his waist, concealing his lower half before he reached down for her. When her hands slowly dropped in his, he pulled her up with ease, hoisting her up into his arms as his wet skin pressed into her maiden gown. Let me have a look-see, okay? He settled her on his four-poster bed and watched as her cheeks flushed redder and redder. My father used to be a healer, he explained, so I know a thing or two about medicine. He fluffed up his feather pillow and patted it. Why don't you lay back? Hmm, I'm going to let the audience continue that little bit in their own minds. Or you can always audition for their group on roleplayer.me slash And I'm sure Arian will be happy to share with what happened next. I'll also be including their profile on my roleplayer.me page. And I'll be giving out their profile number again at the end of the episode so you can write it down. Because I think you'll definitely want to check them out. I also wanted to make note of something. I know I had talked a little bit about perspectives, and I told you not to roleplay for another character. Remember when I said to stay away from second-person perspective? Well, you'll notice that Arian mentioned a few characters in his RP. Most likely this kind of comment would be left for a completely different person, other than. Corellia the servant girl or the guard at the gate this would be sent to someone else uh, Where he would mention people in his RP as to kind of give an idea to the other character about his background and What's happening in his life? Um, You would not give this to somebody who is actually in the actual RP, so you wouldn't send this to Corellia, for example All right, well up next I'm going to take a moment to talk about a wonderful game called Fiasco One of the best roleplay tabletop games out there is Fiasco, written by Jason Morningstar. I mentioned it briefly last week, and I wanted to circle back around to it because it's incredibly underrated and not entirely heard of. Fiasco is a roleplay tabletop game in that it uses dice and a book to create a storyline. It's a game for three to five players, so it's great for family time or a group of friends, but not great if you're currently quarantined with only your partner. The great thing about it is that it's all creativity and conversation. You basically roll a big pile of dice, four per person, two black die and two white die per player. The book has four scenarios with it, but you can always find a lot more online for free that are easily downloadable. I printed up like three or four others and put them in presentation folders. So it's easier when we game to just pass out the folders. The numbers on the dice will coincide with relationship choices and scenario choices, that sort of thing, that you'll assign to your own character. You also choose to whom those relationship choices may involve. I was reading through an example that they used in the book and in the book they had used index cards. Uh, writing down the relationships and then putting it between them to signal that relationship I really love that this game can be related to roleplay in the online version because we do the same thing with other Characters on there all the time by developing a connection um, The whole point of contacting another person in written roleplay is to determine what sort of connection you may want to develop with that person you may already have a character picked out and written and so does the other person but you have to be creative and come up with a way that those two might somehow interact Sometimes it's easy. They may be in the same show together or the same book, and then you get something more complicated, like just as an example, years ago, I, as, as Liz Parker, wrote with a Clark Kent. Right off the bat, you can look at that and say, a DC character and a TV character, that's so weird, it doesn't work, Clark Kent is a superhero, he's Superman, How is Liz Parker, a small town Roswell girl, even come in contact with them? But when you really think about it, it actually works pretty great. Clark is an alien, not of the same species as Max Evans, but they came here the same way, essentially. Now you kind of have a connection. Maybe Liz Parker and Max Evans hear about what happened to Smallville all those years ago, and maybe they think there's a connection. Maybe they go check it out. Next thing you know, you have a storyline with that person. Fiasco uses dice to help you set up your character and your scenes, but you can improvise if you need to. Um, This is a great game to do something quickly because it doesn't need a lot of real prep to get it going. If you're having a few people over for a game night, this is something to take out and hand out the books or whatever, and you can start developing and talking about it. Uh, Will Wheaton does a Tabletop episode on this as well. So if you're interested in actually watching an actual playthrough, definitely check out Tabletop on YouTube and search for Fiasco. It's highly recommendable. All you need is a book and some dice. It's a quick way to kind of get together and practice that role play. I was doing some searching online about LARPing last week, trying to find pictures and things that I could use in the future, and I wanted to touch on an event that I thought looked amazing. It's one of those extreme LARPing experiences that you don't see that often. If you go to larplabor.de, you'll see the word Immotor. I really hope I pronounced that right. Uh, This means always faithful in German. The rest of the page includes some dates and prices per person. I did look into the information for this event, and I'm, I'm actually really dying to do this. It's a completely immersive experience that takes place in a small 1920-style-esque town in Germany. It's an entire weekend where you'll eat, sleep, and LARP the 1920s. They have a weekend in German and a weekend in English. They have factions and themes in this game. Um, they listed the themes of the game as honor among thieves, old sins and revenge, greed and betrayal, love and jealousy, murder mystery, political turmoil, the great war and the Russian revolution. Now I was really curious about how they involve the characters and if they provide one or if you have to make one or kind of like what we talked about with written role play section. So here's what they said. Immatoy has pre-written characters that are created by the organizers. Everyone will receive a detailed character description with ambitions, personality traits, friends, and enemies. Each character also has a certain number of social groups it is part of. Each group comes with benefits and connections, but also bonds and conflicts. For instance, the boss of the ring club, Eisenhart, strong as iron, is for sure part of the social circles of gang leaders and Eisenhart, She might be also part of the group's communists former inmates of Barnumstrasse prison, or horse racing enthusiasts. The ambitious lawyer of Immotoy might be part of groups like Immotoy, a Berlin high society, former front soldiers, and frequent patrons of House of Vaterland. It's a lavish event location. Every character can be interpreted in many ways. The LARP will not fail because a certain character is portrayed differently than it was, you know, intended by the writers. It will just mean that different stories are created. Players have some influence on what characters they will play, however. You will fill out a form stating what your game and character priorities are. We probably won't be able to fulfill everyone's wishes, but we for sure hope we'll do our best. Each participant is responsible for his or her own costume. The organizers provide items relevant to the game, like weapons, play money, and a few accessories. They go on to describe the different factions that are involved, too. It's not that expensive to join this group, and they have different rates based on affordability. They have a comfort ticket which runs at about 500 euros. Uh, That's for a maximum of two people per room in the mansion. Um, You even get your own bathroom in the room. The discounted ticket which is like the cheapest ticket is for 350 euros. It's the two to four per room option and then you'll have to share a bathroom on the same floor in a cottage uh, close to the mansion. There is one for €450, so kind of in between, and that one is also in the mansion, but you may be sharing the room with up to three people, Um, but you again get your own bathroom in the room. I mean, but for €50 more, you might as well just go with the comfort upgrade. Um, I have a feeling that they probably sell out of the comfort upgrade pretty quickly because this is a... for three days this is for friday saturday and sunday so you spend this money on a room it pays for your food it pays for the entertainment it pays for the entire weekend um it's it's worth it i think for 500 euros anyway i wasn't sure if you had heard about this amazing larping experience and i thought i would share it with you all it usually performs in december and the dates are still on the site so i'm hoping that they'll be able to perform um if you do go please let me know, take pictures, share them with us. And with that, I'm on to the writing prompt. I didn't get any for last week, but I'm expecting that to pick up once um, there are more people listening. Deadline for these is going to be Wednesdays every week. There is also an open invitation to submit yours. Uh, If you send me one from an older episode, I may still read it and put it on the role player page. So here's the writing prompt for you. A letter written many years ago unexpectedly arrives. Again, write from your character's perspective or on your own. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this one. All right, so don't forget that pen and paper so you can write down Mystic Hollow's roleplayer.me page. So grab it now. Got it? Okay. It's roleplayer.me 1598856. And check out my site on Roleplayer.me for the podcast at Roleplayer.me/slash-one-six-zero-four-three-zero-two. You'll have to create a profile to add me on there because I do have it set to private, just so it makes it easier for people to add me. I also wanted to thank Cloak and Dagger RPG for setting me up with an awesome share banner. Thank you for that. Hopefully, they'll contact me soon so I can discuss their group with you. Don't forget to check out and follow the page on Twitter and Facebook at RP. I've actually been laughing about this all weekend because it looks like you merp and it's my favorite thing ever. I want to thank everyone for listening, whether it's on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Play. And if you guys can check out Patreon page at patreon.com slash RP and help out, I would really, really, really appreciate it. Anyone who pitches in will get additional content and a shout out on here. I'd love to be able to do some additional giveaways and stuff for our peers, but I do know that it's tough right now. So sharing and giving the show a five-star rating everywhere you listen would be so helpful. I'll see you all next week. Stay creative, stay safe. (music)